time that we're going to talk about Made for More for now. Um, and we're going to talk about spiritual gifts tonight. It's going to be really good. Um, so I'm excited. But uh, let's talk a little bit about where spiritual gifts come from first. And hey, guys, if you would just help me tonight as we go through this, we've gotten into a, a habit of uh, using the restroom quite a few times during service. So let's just be intentional to use the bathroom right before small group and right before we come into the room. Deal? All right. I understand if you're like mad sick or something, but otherwise, let's just not drink the whole drink from the cafe and then have to go to the bathroom right away. Okay, but let's dive in here. Talking about spiritual gifts, and the first thing I want to say is that uh, spiritual gifts, when we talk about this, it kind of sounds a little scary. If we do understand it, and if we don't understand it, it can sound a little bit like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What does that even mean? It's like a, a religious word and then a present at Christmas time, right? Yes, no, maybe? Lots of audience participation tonight. I love you guys. Okay, so there are 18 gifts that I'm going to name, and if you're good at notes, you can take them. These are the gifts that you need. One is prophecy. Two is miracles, evangelism, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, pastoring and teaching, leading, serving, helping, faith, discerning spirits, mercy, exhortation, giving, administration, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, apostleship, and then uh, another variation of words of wisdom. Did you get it in your notes? Do you want me to repeat it? I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not. And here's why I'm not going to repeat it. Because this list isn't even extensive. Okay? I want to, to step outside of the spiritual gifts are these things and step into how does the Holy Spirit want to use you to encourage the person around you. This is instead of trying to put a label on it. Instead of trying to read our Bible and go like, okay, which spiritual gift is that one that Paul's demonstrating? Is that healing or is that miracles? Was he speaking in tongues there or was he just uh, prophesying? What, what was that and how did that person know it? Let's just take a step back and, and really understand like where all this came from. So as Jesus went back to heaven, he told the disciples, I am going to send a helper to you and the helper is going to bring you through things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do on your own. I can no longer be with you, but instead I'm giving you another part of me. It's like my spirit living in you. Make sense? We're tracking. Okay. The Holy Spirit comes 40 days later at the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. And at that time, the Holy Spirit came in such power, and the people were so humbled, waiting in this, this upper room. They're all waiting. They're all praying. They're all on their knees. It's just like if we were to do Wednesday night worship, but like it just kept going, and all of a sudden you missed school, and then maybe you skipped a meal, and you just kept staying right here praying. Don't you think you would just start to kind of feel a unity with God? Now do it for 40 days. That's kind of what they were experiencing in that moment. They just kind of put everything aside and they said, I really want to know God. And then when the Holy Spirit came, he just immediately started using them because they had emptied themselves of their flesh, emptied themselves of, of just who they are on their own. And all of a sudden they were empty vessels right before God and he stepped inside of them. Just kind of like he steps inside of us, kind of wild, right? And started to use them. And like 3,000 people got saved just one day. And then the next day is like 5,000. The next day is like 3,000. The next thing you know, it's like all of Elk River was a Christian and believed that Jesus died and rose again. Kind of wild, right? Well, I want to give you just a, a short and quick outline of the Holy Spirit, okay? I've got tons of scripture in my notes here. I um, don't have a ton on the screen just because of how much it would be. 
This is a, a really deep dive that I did here on this, this message. And so if you want some more notes or you're like really digging into this stuff, I'd love to give it to you. But I'll keep rolling for those who don't want to be bored. But the, the main point of the message tonight or, or the topic to put across, the, uh, across it, you could say spiritual gifts. But I'm going to say the gifts that you need. Okay, it's the gifts that you need. Number one is the Holy Spirit inside of you. And this is kind of like the first point, is that we have the Holy Spirit in us. In Romans 8, verse 9, Paul says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Now, what does that mean? It means simply this. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you believe like, Hey, I can't do this on my own. I need something greater, something bigger than me. I need Jesus. And I'm going to humble myself and say that I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus. Then you have the Holy Spirit with you. In one false swoop, God comes in and just picks you up and says like, okay, I'm inside of you. And I'm going to start removing all of the nastiness that is the world in you. All of your sin nature, all of your anger, all of your frustration, your depression, your anxiety. And it takes some time. And it doesn't happen overnight. And when you're 90, God's still going to need to keep doing that, right? Because every day that we're not getting closer with Jesus, we're just going back to our flesh. It's this beautiful tug of war. Maybe not beautiful, but it's, it's pretty cool how it works, okay? So here's how it works. It's really simple. On one side, you have Austin Anderson, and he's going to represent my flesh. He's just stronger, just like more, more naturally inclined that way. Over here is just me, and I'm just going to represent like my walk with Christ. And if, if it's just this... Holding on to a rope, he's just going to pull me right over, right? And I'm just going to lean back into my flesh. But if instead I have the Holy Spirit with me and I start to read my Bible and I start to worship and I start to practice um, being with Jesus, praying, then all of a sudden my flesh gets a little bit weaker and I start to be a lot bigger and stronger than you, Austin. Does that make sense? Are, are we tracking? I want to make sure that you understand this. The relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit is something that you have to water. You have to water your relationship with God. You have to be intentional. And water looks like reading your Bible. It looks like praying. It looks like getting into community with other people. It looks like not spending three or four hours on Fortnite on the weekend because it just doesn't fill you up. It, it actually kind of empties you. Or maybe you play with friends and you actually talk about what you're reading in the Bible then I'll okay it. <laughs> but let's be real, we don't. So let's be intentional to water our relationship with God. And what happens when we water our relationship with God? Anybody know where I'm going? It grows. And what does growing things produce? Fruit. Oh, wow, you got it. Good job. Growing things produce fruit. And that's where we get the fruit of the Spirit. Do you know the fruit of the Spirit? Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no, huh? no law. Because why would you make a law against good things, right? But the greatest of those things is love. It's how we show up for other people. Right? The Holy Spirit came to be God inside of us. He came to be love inside of us. But fruit of the Spirit is not a gift of the Spirit. It's a byproduct of being in relationship with God. That's the, 
the takeaway for you if you want to write it down. Number two is when we grow in relationship with God, the spirit in us produces fruit in us. Paul says, how are you going to know Christians? You're going to know them by their fruit. If you keep blowing up at your parents and having outbursts of anger, I kind of be wondering, like, are you, are you being intentional with your walk with God? If you continue to sit on your sister, be like, dude, I don't think you're being intentional with your walk with God. If you have a lot of tense relationships at school or in your family, in general, are you letting God into every part of that? Or are you trying to hold certain things within your control? You probably can for a while. But it doesn't produce any fruit in those areas. Did you get it? Number three, the spirit inside us not only produces fruit, but has given us gifts so that we can partner with God. What did God come into the world to do? Seek and save the lost. Jesus came so that people might know and have a relationship with a living God. A living God that is intentional, a living God that desires us, a living God that wants to know us, a living God that has a plan for your life that's bigger and greater than anything that you could dream up. But he needs and asks us to come alongside us. He doesn't need us. He can give somebody a dream. He can do the things. But he says, hey, do you want to partner with me in this and love your fellow man? Do you want to partner in me, with me in this and actually, and actually do it works that would turn people's hearts towards Jesus? That's where the gifts of the Spirit show up. These are the five spiritual gifts that we're going to talk about just a little bit tonight. Up there is 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Why is the, why is the manifestation, the, the, the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit given to you? For your good, yes, but for everyone else's too. It is for the common good. It is for the church. It is for the people around you to be edified and built up and to experience what it means to step into community. You know, y'all, I, I uh, wasn't sure whether or not I would even say this tonight, but it's been on my heart all week. We have done an amazing job here at youth inviting friends to youth. We've done a really great job putting on some cool events. Hats off to Jessica, not me. I just show up. We've been like we've had some cool worship teams. We had Jono out and some different speakers that have done a great job. What is the one missing piece that I think that that would just take youth to the next level? That would take River of Life to the next level. That would take you and I to the next level. What is that one missing piece? It's how we make people feel. People, you, you as a student, you do not remember the things that I say on a Wednesday night, nine times out of ten. You don't remember what John preached on last week unless you look at your notes. You definitely don't remember what I preached on two weeks ago. But you remember how you felt that night. 
You remember how you felt last week when the Holy Spirit showed up and you were worshiping him, when you're worshiping God. You remember how you felt when you got off the bus at school today. You remember how you felt in that last hard conversation that you had or the last good conversation that you had. We are very emotional things. We remember how people make us feel. And I think that the missing element to youth is how you and I make people feel when they come through those doors. If you've been here for a little while, I'm talking to you. If you've been here for two weeks, join us. People remember how we make them feel. I had a, a couple different students um, reach out to me and be like, hey, I just... I like really like youth and everything is cool, but I just feel like I haven't fit in and I haven't found friends and I just, I'm just not like, I don't, I don't know like why I had to go. The sermons are good, worship's great. What is the missing piece? How they felt. Okay, we can't do it on our own. I was on my knees over here and I said, God, like, well, how can I be a better dad? How can I be a better husband? I wanna be a better pastor. I wanna be a better leader. I wanna be a better friend. And then he said, Cole, stop talking and allow me to make you better. So I'm not calling out any one person. I'm not saying like, hey, you're doing a bad job. I'm saying like, will you allow the Holy Spirit to raise up the gifts that he's put inside of you and use you to reach the people around you to make them feel the love of God? Because if we want to reach our city, they have to feel the love of God. We can tell them about Jesus, but when we turn the corner and start hitting on the kid next to us or just uh, whispering during service or maybe we made someone feel bad by the things that we said, it's not going to matter what we told them about Jesus because they don't really care because they didn't feel so good in that moment. It's how we make people feel. You know what Jesus did? He made people feel so seen. The worst of people. And that's why the ones around him didn't like Jesus. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the people who were looking at Jesus and judging him were like, I'm not about that guy because he sat down with someone who I don't want them to feel good things. I don't want the tax collector to feel good things. I don't want the woman at the well who has committed adultery so many times and has just like continued to do all of the wrong things. I don't want her to feel seen. She got what could come into her. She just deserves to be unseen, and she can go sit and be a prostitute for the rest of her life for all I care, right? But no, Jesus sat down alongside her just like this. He just goes, hey, tell me about you. She goes, oh, well, I have this. My husband's back here. And like, he's like, no, tell me about you. And the Holy Spirit in him just... just started to make her feel comfortable and then she started to open up and share and he didn't go oh never mind I'm just kidding. okay yeah don't want to talk to her anymore no Jesus probably leaned in a little bit and he said I'm sorry for whatever like led you into that I'm so sorry but hey there's freedom and there's healing come and follow me he made her feel so seen and loved. And you better believe that when he said, hey, go, 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 like go back to the village and like don't sin anymore. And then she started just like telling everyone, hey, this man, he, he made me well, but he also made me feel something. 
that I've never felt before. You don't come to church because the message or the worship is great. You come to church because you want to commune with God and because you want to feel that. It's because the leaders around you make you feel loved and seen. It's because I really try to say hi, I know you by name. I hope it helps. Maybe it doesn't help, but. How are we making our guests around us? How are we making Elk River High School? How are we making your high school, your middle school feel the love of Jesus? How are you making your home feel the love of Jesus, you homeschoolers? There's a lot of you. And I know that we all fall short, right? But like, how are we making God show up? Not in every moment. Maybe you can't do it in every moment. You're not asked to do it in every moment. You're just asked to give your very best. And your very best means he should show up at least once a day, I would think, right? At least once a day, your parent could go like, whoa, I didn't know that. That's crazy. I watched the Holy Spirit show up in my wife the other day. We were uh, texting back and forth in a group message um, with another person. And it, it seemed like the other person all of a sudden felt like we were just, just going at her. Like I would say something, Jess would say something, and then they would come back. And I was like, oh, wait, this is not a two-on-one. So I stopped responding because I was like, just not that invested at 9.30. And then all of a sudden my phone dings and my wife had taken the time to say like, hey, how are you actually feeling about this? Like, I'm so sorry that it seems this way. We're on your team and we're on your side and we want to make sure that you feel loved and you feel seen and you feel valued. And I walked into my, uh, my bedroom, my wife was in there and said, Jess, like, whoa. That was so cool. Like you, that was the Holy Spirit showing up through. That was so cool. That's what spiritual gifts are. It's like how, how you are naturally inclined times the Spirit. So here's the, the five that we're going to talk about really quick, and then we'll jump into small groups and you guys can talk about them even more. Here's the five, okay? So number one I put on there is prophecy. Now, prophecy really plainly is hearing something from God and sharing it with other people. Now, the, the big thing to catch with spiritual gifts, and I hope you caught it from what I just said, is that they are always meant to build people up and show them the love of God, not the condemnation of God, not the frustration or the anger of God, not the, hey, God told me you've been sinning, but actually I just caught a text on your phone that was from somebody and that didn't have nice words in it. Like, no, this is, this is showing the love of God to that person. The other, other day, actually last week, right, we had the opportunity to pray with people, and, and someone opened up and shared, like, hey, I'm not doing so great. And we had the opportunity to prophesy what God thinks about that person, not what we think about them, not what they think about themselves, but instead, like, hey, God sees you as loved, whether or not you feel like it. God sees you as cherished, whether or not you feel like it. And sometimes prophecy can come out in a little bit more, um, let me say, uh, like, organic in the sense that it wouldn't just be like the Bible answer that God sees that you're loved, right? Sometimes it could be a little bit more specific. But other times it's just as simple as saying like, hey, I'm just speaking over you words of life and words of fullness and words of, of, of the Spirit just right over you. Does that make sense? We got that one? I'm going to keep going, okay? Two is evangelism. I had this conversation with our leaders right before. Hey, who wants to tell people about Jesus? Like, like you're just ready to go. You want to run up to the person at Taco Bell and be like, yo, do you know about him? You've done it before? Have you actually? That's dope, bro. Good for you. Letting the Holy Spirit work through you. I don't want to. So I'll just be the vulnerable kid who doesn't want to. I, 
I like feel so anxious about walking up to someone just being like, I don't even know, how do I start? How do I start? Don't tell them that I work at a church. That doesn't work ever. They just go like, oh, where's that at? <laughs> I'll never go there. Um, but like, you just, I, I mean, I heard a story on Monday night. Uh, the Dahlheimers have some YWAM people staying with them. Everybody knows that YWAM people are a little bit crazy for Jesus. The YWAM people went to Taco Bell, and they told someone about Jesus, and he got saved, or she got saved. I don't know what gender, but they got saved. I, how many times have I gone through Taco Bell? Immediately, I thought to myself, whoa, if they have to do it, why am I here? I was so challenged and convicted. Like, I've gone to Taco Bell after youth. I've gone to Taco Bell on Monday night. Like, a week ago, you guys saw Taco Bell on my Be Real or on my Instagram, like, and called me out for it. You said I was fat. I was not. It's a cheap, really tasty meal. Too much carbs, but that's okay. All right? I'm going to work out in 2025. <laughs> but for real, how many times have you walked in front of someone and you should have told them about Jesus, but you chose not to? You can't work up in your spirit. You could really try. You can keep growing. You can keep... But you can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit in you. And the gift of evangelism is the Holy Spirit coming on your life and propelling you into telling someone about Jesus. It's that simple. And you all have the gift of evangelism. Just like I believe that we all can prophesy, we all can pray for healing, and people can experience healing. We had a few nights at youth this last year and this year where people experienced some massive healing in their life. Your knees still feeling good, bro? Pretty good? Better than they were before we prayed for them? Are you sure? Because we can pray for them again. We'll pray for them again. Father, we just ask in Jesus' name that you would touch Austin Anderson's knees, that he wouldn't experience the pain from those or any other place in his body. And the healings that you did in this room that they would continue and that you would even heal someone right now because that's how big and that's how great you are. It doesn't matter the words that we speak or the things that we say, but you are a healing God and you want to show up through us when we pray for someone to be healed. Amen. It's as simple as that. We all have the gift to pray for people to receive healing. Some people are anointed by God to prophesy. Some people are anointed by God to heal or to pray for healing. And, and for some reason, the Holy Spirit shows up in that way greater. Just like Jono travels as an evangelist, God just like shows up in evangelism a little bit greater. But that doesn't mean that we can't do it too. doesn't mean that God doesn't want to show up as, through us in that way as well. Words of knowledge. Kind of like prophecy, but a little bit more specific. You've got a problem going on. You want to go to God, and you want to say, God, what is the solution? He's going to drop something in your mind, and all of a sudden, you're going to have an answer that you wouldn't find on Google and that you couldn't think of yourself. It's a word of knowledge. That's all it is. You can't use this on math tests. Okay? It doesn't work. He said, no, you have to study. But if you did study... And you can't get the answer, maybe you should pray and be like, Holy Spirit, would you remind me of what I can't remember right now? Because that's real too. 
He wants to step into our everyday. And if you ask him to and he starts to, he'll start to show up. And then you'll be like, whoa, this, this is really cool. I want to grow in relationship with him because if I grow in relationship with him, then maybe I would be able to tell more people about Jesus to show the people around me more. I can make people feel more loved around me. And all of a sudden, I have more friends. And that's really fun. For real. I mean, like, people remember how you make them feel. Number five is the discerning of spirits, and this is the last one that we will do here tonight. There are a few specific discerning gifts. Words of knowledge is one of the discerning gifts. Words of wisdom is a second one. And um, words of knowledge is like you, you come into a situation and you, you just know something, but you shouldn't. It's like unnatural learning. Words of wisdom is that kind of like how I described words of knowledge. They're very similar, but answer or solution to a problem. And then discerning spirits. Now, this one's important because we all really need to be active in this gift a lot more than we are. We all need to be more intentional to think to ourselves like, hey, Holy Spirit, should I watch that or should I not? Hey, Holy Spirit, should I listen to that or should I not? Hey, Holy Spirit, should I eat that or should I not? Taco Bell. Hey, Holy Spirit, should I say that or should I not? Should I push on this item with this person or should I just let it go? Our, it's, it's, it's imperative that the more nasty our culture gets and the more sin that's in our culture that we begin to practice discerning all the more because you can't just walk into something sometimes and just expect, hey, this movie's gonna be good. Like I heard it was gonna be good. Like maybe we have to be a little bit more discerning. So you've got kind of like three things. You've got like things of God. Hey, welcome to church. Glad you're here. You've got the middle ground, which is like Taco Bell, right? And then you've got this other part, which is like that movie that just left you feeling wrong. But nothing was really wrong. Please tell me you've had that feeling. You're all looking at me like blank faces. I know you've had the feeling, okay? If you haven't, you will, and then you just need to pray about it first because, like, you shouldn't watch it. I don't want you to have to feel that. But there is an enemy out there, and he is demonic, and he has worshipers, and he has things, and there is witchcraft, and there are people of the opposite of what we are trying to do, which is love the world around us, they want to just spew hate to the world around them. And you see it in culture, and you see it all around you. You see it in, in your mental health. You see it in your thought life. You see it all around you. But the Holy Spirit, which was promised to us, which you have in you as much as I have in me, is right there to help us through that stuff if we let him. So we have to just be willing to let him help us. So, the question that we need to remember tonight as we jump into small groups is this. What is the point of spiritual gifts? Somebody shout it out for me. You're still sleeping. What is the point of spiritual gifts? To save other people? Give me another one. Don't hate on me. The point of spiritual gifts is... Not to produce fruit, Kylie. Good one, though. The Holy Spirit produces fruit in us, but it is to spread love. It's that we spread the love of Jesus around us. That's the point of the Holy Spirit inside of us producing these gifts. So that we can share Jesus with other people in a greater form. So you're going to go to small groups. You're going to talk about spiritual gifts. 
I encourage you to even pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you, hey, how do, how, what gift do you want me to show up in this next week? Father God, we thank you so much just for this opportunity to step into your presence, to read your word, to be intentional. Would you manifest yourself here tonight, just like you, you talk about in the Bible, just like we see in the stories that we read? Would you show up in our small groups as we humble ourselves and open ourselves up to what you have for us? We believe, Jesus, that you are still alive and well today and that the Holy Spirit is here on earth with us so that we can share your love with other people. Help us to do that this week. We love you, Jesus. Amen.